Our first scripture reading this morning is from 40th Psalm, found on page 46 in the Old Testament of your Pew Bibles. Psalms 40, 1 through 11. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than they can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an eye-open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, here I am in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me forever. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. From Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, first chapter, beginning with the first verse. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace that God has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any gifts as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the partnership of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Join your hearts with me in prayer. Quiet in our hearts, O Lord, any voice that is not your own, the din, the zoo, the cacophony, may we be centered in your life-giving spirit. May we hear your word to the glory of Christ. Amen. I want to begin this morning with an announcement. I want to start here because if you remember nothing else from this service, I want you to know this. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you now. This triune blessing is usually the culmination of our worship service, right? You know it's almost time to be able to rush off to lunch. It's the cue for Tyler, well, today Mr. Weber, to begin the postlude. Right? It is the end of this incredibly long experience that drags on and on and on that's called worship. And it's true that it's the end of worship, but it also is the beginning of the week. It is that benediction followed by a call response, followed by reflective music, followed by you rushing off into the rest of your Sunday. It starts the week. Now I fear that we have pretty much lost touch with beginnings and endings. (laughs) Ever since the pandemic has washed all of our days into the same shade of gray, week ends and week beginnings have lost some of their solidity. It just sort of seems like a a blur. We think less in terms of seven-day cycles and 12-month years and more in a bunch of unrelated sequences of experiences. This happens, and then this happened, and then this happened, but there's very little reference to the whenness, the occasion. There was a time, many, many, many years ago, that if you were watching a television show and you wondered what was going to happen next, you had to come back seven days later. And if you weren't there you missed it. And you had to find somebody else who was in the room with the television on that channel at that moment to find out what happened. You had to ask somebody who was watching the show. Program seasons were broken into episodes like they are now, but they happened episodically, separated by time. What happened was that if you missed that single viewing experience, the show disappeared like a Snapchat. (laughs) Never to be seen, maybe in the summer during reruns, or many years from now in syndication. Poof! Newspapers, too, had had a certain weekly rhythm. Those of you who delivered newspapers remember that rhythm, right? The Sunday paper was a bear. It was huge. It was special. It had a glossy magazine section and comics in color. Saturday, however, was great because it was barely a pamphlet. That was the one you could whip through your paper out in a hurry. Wednesday was pretty good size because it was full of grocery store ads and coupons. I know that I risk sounding very, very old wandering down memory lane as I am when the flow of days and how we interacted with them streamed in predictable cycles time moves on things change I get that 
But my concern this morning isn't the evils of binge-watching a full season of The Crown, which Danny and I just did. It's hard to find somebody to talk about the first season because that was clear back in 2016. I didn't realize that it was seven years old until after I'd seen three episodes because I thought, gee, I have to call up and see if somebody else is watching this. This is cool. (laughs) But as a consequence, I recognized that we have become somewhat disjointed from one another when our lives, both professional and pleasurable, have become profoundly asynchronous. We don't have to do things together. So much so that one of the only times we share in true community is when we experience the common shared outrage when our private, personally curated experiences are interrupted by, I can't believe it, Comcast is down again. Now we're going to have to talk to each other. Oh, wait, I think, (laughs) good, I can pick it up on 4G. (laughs) This past week, I read several articles about the post-pandemic church. That's what we live in, by the way, the post-pandemic church. And the church growth pundits are right. The prognosis for the church generally isn't great. For the most part, congregations that survived COVID lockdowns are, are barely hanging on, I read, clawing their way back to some expression of meager survivability. I've got to tell you that our post-pandemic experience here at FPCLG, and when I read what these articles are telling me, I, I need to let you know that we are significantly better off than a lot of our other fellow communities of faith. I'm grateful, and maybe I, I don't express it enough because I take it for granted, but I'm grateful for the fact that you are here this morning. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad that you haven't read the experts because they are telling you that you should find this to be irrelevant to the point of being intolerable and that this hour is just something that during the pandemic you realized you could live without. Don't read those articles. (laughs) But in these articles, after giving the statistical decline conveying the profound level of congregational decay, together with explanations for their demise, They all ended with some prescription of how Sunday Funday might return with hope. Almost to a person, the authors of these articles ended with the observation that after the pandemic, after it was all said and done, what people are looking for now is authenticity. Yeah, I guess so. They say it in a way that reminds me of one of my father's comments about being a salesman. He used to say that the secret to sales is sincerity. Once you can fake that, you can sell anything. (laughs) So the suggestion of these articles is that people no longer tolerate the old phony pablum that we used to talk about. People come to church and believe anything. <laughs> but now, no, 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 now folks are looking for authenticity. 
Scrolling on, I was always expecting to find some additional insight, something about authenticity, something about how authenticity can be conveyed and can be shared, but nope. That <laughs> was the end of the article. A subscription pop-up, paywall if you want to read more articles like this. Of course, people are looking for authenticity. People have always been looking for authenticity. We always have and we always will. These insights end where I think true fellowship and worship and church begins. The pandemic didn't kill churches. Churches were gradually poisoning themselves by their phoniness for years. At some point, the pandemic just accelerated the recognition when people became unmoored from habit and guilt and obligation, the three hours that it takes to get ready for worship and attend worship and get back to your life no longer felt worth the investment. Time is precious. And besides, we still have four more seasons of The Crown to binge before we catch up. Could be doing that right now. The search for authenticity, for the real deal, for a profound encounter, for the genuine that transforms people's lives and brings us back to where we've been all along, to something unabated in our busy, asynchronous lives. Something true. Something authentic in the before times, in the after times, in the now. Two core teachings come from our texts this morning, and then I'll let you get back to whatever it is that you do. First from the Psalms, verse 6 that Shannon read to us, just the first phrase in that verse, sacrifice and offering you do not desire. Think about that. The psalmist is talking to God and says, sacrifice and offering you do not desire. Imagine, imagine that our work together should not be about sacrifice, nor should it be about offering. Because if it is, the psalmist tells us, we are desiring something that God does not want. God doesn't want our sacrifice. God does not want our offering. What on earth would churches look like if we weren't constantly talking about how you have to sacrifice and bring offerings? What's, What's left for crying out loud? Well, fortunately... The psalmist doesn't make us wait. It's right there in his following phrase. The opposite of obligation. The psalmist writes, But you have given me an open ear. Sacrifice and offering, God doesn't want. But God wants to give us open ears. The authentic experience is not in obligation and it's not driven by habit or guilt, but by open ears, but by listening. 
listening to God, listening to one another, just listening. That is exactly what is missing in our privately curated, targeted, preference, big data, algorithmic world. An experience that isn't generated based on your demographic profile and your previous preferences, but is based on someone who will listen to you and intertwined with your openness to listen to someone else. Just genuine listening. What generates the authentic experience? What do we genuinely need? The psalmist says we don't need sacrifice, we don't need offerings, we just need to bring our ears. More than that from Scripture, Paul's letter to the Corinthians points us to something I think even deeper in our quest for what is real. Let me read again verses 4 through 7. The topping, those first three verses are just the heading on the letterhead And then we finally move into the letter in verse 4. Paul writes, I give thanks to my God always for you because the grace that God has been given to you in Christ Jesus for in every way you have been enriched in Him, in speech, in knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that, wait for it, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. You are not lacking right now. Not you are proceeding to find the spiritual gifts that you need to be able to create an authentic experience, but you are currently not lacking. The spiritual gifts you need are here, immediate. Suddenly, Without anxiety, a refreshing breeze blows across our isolation, our separateness, our alienation. It matters not the times. It doesn't matter the culture. It doesn't matter what is happening in the ever-flowing stream of change. We lack nothing. Because the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and always. Amen. Please stand and join with me. In our affirmation of faith, the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son.